Welcome to Room 106. I'm Richard Garlick from Planning Magazine. And I'm John Gagan, also from Planning Magazine. This is a bonus edition, taking a deep dive into the planning issues raised by Series 2 of the Clarkson's Farm TV series. But before we get into that, here are the key news stories from the past seven days. First up, the Housing Secretary Michael Gove has moved a step closer to stripping 10 English councils of planning powers after warning them that he is minded to place them in special measures for slow application decision-making. However, in a letter to the 10 authorities, he said they can escape sanctions if their performance improves by June. Next, the High Court has ruled that house builder Red Row Homes must construct a promised footbridge across a railway line before homes on its newly constructed estate in Hampshire can be occupied. In other news, the High Court has upheld an enforcement notice issued by Luton Borough Council that prevents further residential use of a development of 109 flats that were converted from offices under permitted development rights. The ruling means that about 200 residents of the flats, which were described by planning officers as substandard, are a step closer to having to vacate their homes. Next up, planning inspectors have issued their first two refusals for applications that sought to bypass Uttlesford District Council in Essex, which was placed in special measures by the government for its poor decision-making record. The inspectors turned down plans for a housing scheme in the countryside and a 79-hectare solar farm on Greenfield land. Finally, the London Borough of Ealing has granted permission for the UK's first women-only residential tower block on a site not allocated for a tall building in local policies. Many thanks, John. And of course, more details on each of those stories can be found on planningresource.co.uk. OK, so now it's time for me to return to Room 106 for our deep dive. OK, best of luck. Well, here I am once again in the cavern in which all new planning information gathers. I'll just ease past a pile of new documents that have come in since last week. Looks like they're threatening letters from Michael Gove to local authorities. So, our main purpose this week is to look in a little more detail at the complaints about planning made by Jeremy Clarkson in the second series of his documentary about being, as his publicists describe him, Britain's best-known but least qualified amateur farmer. The programme came out on Amazon Prime earlier this year and focuses on Clarkson's attempt to diversify operations, not least his ambition to convert a lambing shed into a restaurant. In the process, he comes up against various planning hurdles, which prompt him to make some trenchant criticisms of the system. Given the reach of the series and the potential for Clarkson's views to influence public perceptions of the system, we thought it was worth looking at his criticisms in more detail. So I'm now going to head over to the area of Room 106, where they keep the flickering telescreens on which I can see endless reruns of Clarkson's farm. And uh, I can see a familiar figure in front of those screens, which is our senior reporter, Samantha Eckford. Hello, Sam. Hi, Richard. You've been um, watching the series. In summary, what were the complaints made in Clarkson's Farm about the local planning authority and the planning system in general? So essentially, the programme presents the planning system as a block to what Clarkson argues is a reasonable development. So his criticisms of the system include concern about local opposition dominating the council's approach, 
decision-making being tainted by inaccurate council papers, the high cost of appealing making appealing unaffordable. He also says that the council's planning committee did not consider one of his applications itself. It delegated the decision and he complains about that. And then most notably, the thing that caught a lot of people's attention were the comments about the refusal to build a new farm track on the site. Okay, so let's look at the first of the criticisms of the local planning authority, that the council's overriding concern when faced with Clarkson's application to convert a shed to a restaurant was local opposition. What what does the programme say about this? Yes, this is about his application to convert a lambing shed on the site into a restaurant, which is primarily about diversifying operations on the site. So the programme shows that after they come up with this idea, there was a site visit made by a number of council staff before the plans were submitted. It shows that while the council's business development representative was apparently in favour of the proposals, the representative from the planning department was worried about the fact that the site lies within the area of outstanding natural beauty. However, the programme suggests that her chief concern was local opposition. And why would it be an issue if the local authority's prime concern was about local opposition? So I spoke to the Planning Officers Society about this and it was pointed out that while obviously local concern is an issue, it's the quality of objections rather than the quantity, as the programme suggests, that really matters. It, it, you know, Objections have to be made on planning grounds and that's what's important when making a decision rather than the number of objections. OK, so if the council had been very concerned that a lot of people were objecting to it and that had guided their decision-making, that would have suggested that they weren't following the, 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 the correct approach. Yeah, exactly. OK, and uh, what was the council's response to that suggestion? So the council said that local opposition was just one of many issues that they highlighted um, on this site visit. The council said that the officer who visited the site outlined a range of relevant policies, material considerations, highlighted the site's sensitive location within the area of outstanding natural beauty and merely encouraged the applicant to engage with the local community. So the council is suggesting that the presentation of this in the show suits the narrative that the show is trying to portray rather than accurately representing that visit as a whole. So another of Clarkson's criticisms was that the council's planning committee was given a sloppily prepared report on Clarkson's application by officers. So what was Clarkson's complaint here? Yeah, so the programme later shows the final council meeting where the decision to refuse the application was made. And it's very critical of this report, which apparently labelled the plans for the car park as occupying two square kilometres of land, which Clarkson said equated to about half the size of the farm. So this was an error. Okay, so that doesn't sound good. This um, document that went to the committee that was making the decision had a big error in it. What, What did the council have to say about that? So the council said that the figure was merely included in a report submitted by the lawyer who's shown in the programme and that therefore it was required by law to report the contents of of what was submitted. Apparently, the council said that it was not an error that was repeated in its own assessment of the application and had no relevance to the, the final decision, which the authority said was made on the impact of the area of outstanding natural beauty, not this, this mistakenly labelled car park. The programme also gives the impression that appealing the refusal of a planning application is an unaffordable option for all but the hugely wealthy. How does that topic arise and what, what did Clarkson's team say? So following the refusal of the application, Clarkson's then shown assembling what he describes as a team of legal avengers to discuss the possibility of appealing the decision. However, after the experts estimate that it could cost up to half a million pounds to challenge the decision, this is then rejected by Clarkson. 
well, the idea of going to appeal is rejected yeah. is just not too expensive. Financially yeah, exactly. Okay. And do experts recognise the picture this paints of the expense of appealing? So the people I spoke to acknowledge that while there can be huge variation in appeal costs, most importantly, depending on the methodology that you would choose to pursue. So public inquiries would cost a lot more than a written procedure. So they acknowledge that. However, there was some suggestion that that was, and that did seem an extraordinary amount of money for what wasn't a very large development. So yeah, there can be some variation in appeal costs. Okay, so there's an acknowledgement that it can be an expensive process, but also some scepticism in some areas about whether it would really have needed to cost half a million pounds to appeal that decision. Yeah. Okay. Then there's the suggestion that the fact that a subsequent application never got in front of the council's planning committee, but was delegated to officers, uh, that there was something a bit fishy about that. Tell us what the programme says in this case. So after the application for the conversion of the lambing shed to the restaurant is refused, a separate application just for a parking area and some new access arrangements was submitted and refused having been sent to or delegated to officers to determine rather than considered by the committee. Charlie Island, who's shown advising Clarkson on planning matters throughout the programme, is shown describing it as a sort of a strange thing that it's been delegated rather than decided at committee. And how did the council respond to the suggestion that this was somehow a strange way of handling the application? The authority said that it wasn't unusual at all. The council spokesperson said that approximately 90% of planning decisions are supposed to be delegated, according to the government. And do experts disagree with the council's comments that it's perfectly usual for a decision like that to be delegated? The experts I spoke to agreed that it was usual for an application like this to be delegated rather than to be considered by committee. So generally what happens is applications will only go to committee if they trigger certain criteria, which is normally in the council's constitution about which decisions have to be decided by committee. So... It generally applies to particularly large-scale or controversial sites or schemes and not small-scale schemes, as as this one appeared to be. Now, the the grievance that seems to have prompted the most perplexity and outrage amongst viewers and the wider media is the council's decision, which you see in the programme, to refuse an application submitted under the General Permitted Development Order for a farm track. And people seem baffled that a farmer should be refused permission for a farm track. What, what did Clarkson's team say about this? It's shown in the programme as being very unusual that an application of this type would be refused. So um, Clarkson's advisor, Charlie Island, is shown saying that he'd never seen a farmer not getting permission for a farm track before. So it, it's shown as highly unusual. OK. And how does the council explain its refusal? The authority said that the legislation requires applicants to seek determination from the authority before beginning to carry out works. However, the council said that in this case, works had already begun before the authority was notified. So that meant that the works automatically fell outside of the scope of the GDPO, meaning that permission couldn't be granted. Okay, so they applied, the Clarkson's team applied down a particular route, which requires you to put your application in before you start work, but work had already started. So that the council says, is the sort of black and white reason for, for refusal. Yeah, exactly. So someone I spoke to pointed out that it's known as a prior approval application, so that the clue, therefore, is is sort of in the name that you, you do need to submit this before you begin carrying out works. Now, I suppose some people will look at that and say, well, is that reasonable? You know, should there not be some sort of flexibility there? And um, should the council not be able to 
consider whether or not it's a decent scheme or a decent application, even if the application has been done after the work began. But had the application been made before work started, do the council or do sort of expert commentators think the track would have been approved? Not necessarily, no. Um, it's obviously speculation because it fell outside of, of this GDPO legislation anyway. But the legislation does also require for an application of this type for the scheme to be reasonably necessary for the purposes of agriculture within the unit. According to the council spokesperson, the supporting letter that was submitted alongside the application stated that the farm track was required to connect the farm buildings and provide better access to its working land, reducing the need for movements on the highway. However, they said that the access failed to connect the farm buildings, but instead terminated within a field on the other side of the road. They added that the reduction of movements on the highway could not be considered reasonably necessary for the purposes of agriculture and suggested, therefore, that the application would have been refused, regardless of whether or not it was submitted before or after works had begun. Okay, so the council's saying that if you get permission down this route, you've got to show that your application is needed for the purposes of farming. And Clarkson's team said, yeah, this is needed for the purposes of farming because the track connects the farm to a lot of the farmland. But what the council is saying is the track actually didn't connect the farm to the farmland. It was academic in a sense because they'd applied after the work had started. But even if this had been done before the work had started, the council would have said, hang on a minute, this doesn't look necessary for the purposes of agriculture because you're not connecting the farm to the farmland. Yeah, that's what they're, they're suggesting here, yeah. Right, OK. Now... Several people commenting on the series have suggested that the council's decisions were influenced by a dislike of Jeremy Clarkson. Is that an allegation that the programme itself makes? It doesn't go so far as to explicitly accuse the council of, of refusing everything because he is Jeremy Clarkson, but it's certainly heavily suggested by the programme and by Clarkson's comments about how applications are dealt with by the council. OK, but they don't actually explicitly say that? No. no. OK. And what does the council say about that suggestion? Uh, the authority said, basically rejected this notion. So um, they said that the council had previously approved many applications relating to dwellings or land owned by Jeremy Clarkson. They said that as with all planning decisions, applications are made on the basis that permission runs with the land and not the owner, and therefore that there was no bias in this case. Very interesting. OK, well, thank you very much, Sam. And what, what, what happens next in all this? And, and we should add, of course, that... One voice that you're not hearing here is um, is Jeremy Clarkson or his team, but you did try and get hold of uh, his team for, for comment on this. I did, and they, they declined to comment at the moment, so um, that's why they're not hearing that voice. Well, maybe we'll hope to um, get some uh, of their thoughts on this at some later point. But what's going to happen next with Clarkson and his sort of battles with the planning system? So Clarkson has appealed against a couple of the council's actions. So this was submitted in December against first an enforcement notice issued against what the council said was an unauthorised change of use of land at the site. So according to the appeal documents, this relates to the unauthorised change of use of land from agriculture and use as a farm shop to a mixed use of agriculture and use as a leisure attraction. And then the second ground of appeal is contesting the council's decision to refuse permission for the car park. So this was the application made after the application to convert the lambing shed to a restaurant was refused. This is the separate application for just the car park. Okay. And any idea about when we're likely to hear the uh, results of those appeals? 
any day now, really. When I last checked with the council, they'd, they'd yet to hear. But yeah, one to keep an eye on in, in the next few days. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, we will be aiming to cover those uh, decisions on planning resource. So please do keep an eye out at planningresource.co.uk for, uh, for coverage of that. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Sam. I'll leave you to return to watching another rerun of, uh, of Clarkson's Farm and uh, look forward to seeing you in uh, Room 106 again soon. See you soon. Great, that's another edition completed. We'll be back next week with another update on the past fortnight's biggest planning news stories. And in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe wherever you normally get your podcasts. And to get a daily bulletin of planning news, plus weekly analysis and specialist bulletins, subscribe at planningresource.co.uk. Look out for Net Zero Connect, a conference which is supported by planning, which takes place on the 21st of June in Birmingham. And our thanks to producers Hannah Holt from Haymarket Business Media and Daisy Chaku from Rethink. And thanks for listening.